and welcome back to another episode of Talk and Toss. My name is Robert Westerman, and today I'm here with Eric McDaniel. What's up? <laughs> and Jalen Pierce. What's up? So real quick before we get started, which college are you guys going to, and what sport are you playing? I'm going to uh, pitch at University of Mary Washington. I'll be attending Millersville University to play basketball. So obviously we've got some athletes uh, on the podcast today, so... You know, we did um, the first, uh, the second episode with Colin and Owen, and I asked them about their recruitment process. But you know, I wanted to get your guys' input or perspective as well. And you know, we can start with Eric. How was the recruitment process for you? And was it difficult? Was it frustrating? Um, I'd say it was pretty simple. Um, Pre-COVID, um, for baseball, recruiting starts pretty early. So after like freshman um, high school season happens, that's when I started talking to some schools um more d1s at that point um and d3s um but then as the years progressed as d1s found their guys and they're looking for guys who are typically as a pitchers taller guys lengthy guys um me being in a 511 frame it kind of didn't help me out too much and then covid hit so you have a lot of guys transfer transferring in the transfer portal covid eligibility years so that made things tougher for the class of 2022 but in all, it ended up working out. I'm going to the place where I want to go, so everything worked out for me. And uh, for me, uh, mine was, I guess, a little bit hard on the harder side of things. Um, early on, I knew I was going to be an undersized guard, so I knew I was going to have to stand out in um, many ways, and I used my, my speed, my quickness, and just my um, IQ to kind of get ahead of my opponents. But once, um, at, after the, the middle of the 10th grade year when COVID hit, that kind of um, changed things a little bit because, uh, like Eric said, our grade, the class of 2022, was kind of affected by that because we didn't have a season and I w- you wasn't able to get in front of a lot of college coaches and things like that to expose yourself and your talents. So for me, I just knew I had to have a big senior season um, after building off a nice AAU season um, prior to the 2022 season. And I feel like I had a great season. And that kind of helped my recruitment um, a little bit. It was kind of late at that point because, most, like Eric said, most of the colleges had found their guys, and a lot of spots were filling up. But I knew that um, if I just kept working, that someone would find me. And uh, luckily, I was able to find um, Millersville University. Um, they reached out, and uh, it was kind of a mutual interest thing. Of it was a great fit. Um, had my major, and things. Hopefully, things will work out. Yeah, I mean, um, one thing that Owen and Colin brought up was the extra COVID year. Like, how, how much did that affect you guys? Um, well, COVID gave a lot of guys in college an extra year of eligibility, and then it brought a lot of dead periods for recruitment. So there was two summers, which I played in. Travel ball for baseball happens in the fall and summer because you play your season in the spring, which all are pretty big for recruitment. But two of the summers I had um, – had dead periods in NCAA, so college coaches couldn't really come out and watch you. Um, so a lot of what I relied on was film and recruiting stuff on Twitter and sending emails to coaches, even though they couldn't respond to me, they would still get it. So there was a lot of talk between them and my coaches, which really helped me out. So a lot of it was for me just selling myself, um, putting my own film out there, reaching out to coaches, and that was very helpful. But with COVID, um, there was just a lot of guys like in the transfer portal getting extra years, so they would trust guys who already have college experience over any uh, high school guy. So it just made it a lot harder. 
Yeah, and then uh, for me, uh, when you're um, you know looking to find the right fit and things, when kids have already been there at the schools for three, four years, looking to take an extra year, they're obviously bigger, stronger, faster, have the experience and know, know everything and what it's like to be on like a college court and everything. So for me, I was just trying to use last summer's um, live period in July to just try to build my name and kind of sh- show my skills to many coaches. But at the same time, a lot of them had guys that were coming back for an extra year or guys that sat out, sat out a year and registered so their year didn't count for them um, eligibility-wise. Eligibility so really it just came down to just, you know, just working hard and still trying to be ready for the opportunity when my time comes. Because I know I may have to wait a year to, you know, actively get on the court or do whatever it takes, but I know when my time comes I'm just going to shine. Yeah. Um, Owen and Colin mentioned uh, just having patience with the recruiting process and it's a hard thing to have because, especially if you really want to play um, sports in college, you, you know you want to get an offer, you want to um, have a place to play. Um, but I think patience is probably the, the key, um, and persistence um, is another big factor. Um, so you know, Eric, your season is until until the spring. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, and then Jalen, you're not until what? Probably November. Yeah, November, early November. November. So, what are you guys doing right now to start preparing? Um, and you know, with like D three, I'm not sure because I know Division one basketball teams are practicing right now. Probably, yeah. um, I'm not sure about Division three, but like you know, have your coaches like sent you workouts? Or are you guys just like doing your own thing right now? Oh, um, my coaches advised me to play summer ball, um, which I'm in a league. It's a college league with a lot of D three, D one, and JUCO guys. Right now, we play three games a week, um, so it's a lot of good competition. Um, other than that, there hasn't really been too much communication between me and my college coaches, except for we move in on August 17th, we start practice a month later. So it's just they want our guys to be, like, at least working for us to be ready for once September hits. So we're ready to go and just get in the groove of things with their team. But they just want, especially with pitchers, to keep us throwing, keep us taking care of our arms and keep us in the weight room so we're ready to go right when we have to start. Uh, for me, uh, I guess uh, so. D1 basketball players and other sports like that, they can uh, go to school early in the summer to get ready with the training, learn the playbook, get ready and just get a feel for a sense of things at the college level. But for D2 and D3, um, we're not, I guess, allowed to I guess, be on campus, I guess. So for me, our coaches just advised us just to uh, stay in the weight room, get up shots, and just really focus on the conditioning aspect because – for me, the first few weeks of basketball is going to be straight conditioning. We probably won't touch a basketball or do anything like that. Just strictly getting in shape and just working on defense and agility and things like that while also getting stronger and learning the playbook and stuff. Or, yeah, the playbook and stuff. And they, there's, they just want us to be ready physically and mentally just for everything that comes to the college level because college is a big jump from uh, high school. And a lot of guys aren't able to make that transition successfully because of the level of competition and just like the physicality of the game. Um, just being on the topic of college athletics, the uh, UC, USC and UCLA movements to the Big Ten, um, you know, I think you guys are, you guys are obviously athletes. Um, you've seen this news. Like, what do you think this means for college sports? Um, I think maybe Jalen might know a little bit more about this in terms of the football aspect, but, you know, like, um, do you think that there are going to be two, uh, I guess, mega or super conferences in the Big Ten and SEC, or um, you know, is there going to be more movement within uh, other conferences, um, like you know, uh, Pac-12, 
uh, Oregon and Washington and Stanford are probably trying to move out. Um, and then ACC, you've got like UNC, Florida State, Miami, uh, UVA. Maybe not so much in the football, but uh, in terms of just overall athletics. Um, so I just want to know you, you guys' thoughts. Um, yeah, I think last year when the um, College um, Athletic Association agreed on the NIL stuff, um, that kind of changed the landscape of college sports um, really in like a tremendous way, really, because athletes were able to get paid, but also the schools started to recruit, kind of recruit guys based on what they were, you know, what they were promised them and like the access they had to stuff. So smaller schools and certain schools moving to bigger conferences allowed them the opportunity to get better facilities, you know, play a tougher competition, get the TV deals and stuff. So I think just as far as I think in the future there may be two mega conferences just because of the TV deals, the NIL deals, and just the whole competition of wanting to compete with other schools as far as getting the best players. And if your if your team is in um, a top conference, you'll have most of the guys will want to come to your college um, because they see the atmospheres, just the competition, and then like if some of them want to go pro, I mean it's the guys basically there as far as just you're on a big stage and you can compete compete in front of just many scouts and just different you know just a lot of people on TV and stuff. I'd say um, Jalen covered most of it. I think um, schools moving into these bigger conferences will really. Um, There'll be an interesting transition period for the next like one or two years just to see how they compete. But for recruiting, I feel like it opens it up to a lot of these like guys who are on the uh, edge of like an upper level D one versus like a mid level D one, and it can really push them into a getting into a spot where they can play, not just be on a team, but actually get get time for like a better D one school, getting playing time, and just being in a lot more competition in front of a lot of people, so I think that's actually going to help be very helpful for growing the sports at all of these schools. Yeah, I mean, one, one thing that I've been concerned about is that, obviously, football carries a lot of weight within athletic departments, because it's, I mean, it's the biggest sport here in America, um, but, you know, like, what about other sports? I mean, a lot of the, these other sports, like, you know, you've got, what about Duke? I mean, their basketball program is obviously, one, I mean, arguably the best in the country, but their football is not so good, so they're probably going to be left behind, right? So, you know, schools like that, even UVA more so, um, because obviously I think that their basketball is better than their football, but, um, you know, schools like that that are going to be left behind, you know. And then also if you think about the playoff, if they're two mega conferences, or do you think they're going to expand the, the playoff bracket to where there's – Maybe right because right now it's only four teams, which is just not a lot. Right. Whereas in basketball, it's sixty-eight. So you know, I think. Do you guys think that they're going to expand the playoff bracket to maybe eight or sixteen teams? I would say as far as far as like the TV side, uh, they'd love to see that because you know they bring in more money. But I think what makes football so unique and stuff is just like the physicality of the game and stuff. So when you do expand the games or the amount of games you play in the playoffs like that. I guess you're more prone to more injuries and there's more things to go wrong. But then again, you could give teams a buy who earn it. Like the top two teams could earn a buy while the other six teams play or however it works. But I just think as far as the TV aspect and just like getting like the TV deals and stuff, the companies and the, and the, um, and the schools would love to probably expand it if they go to the two mega conferences. But I think the players might just fear the safety of some of them on the cusp of going pro or some of them may be ready to graduate. And... 
expanding it might lead, you know, could lead to more injuries or more just like things that go wrong. But as far as just like a whole, in my opinion, I think they should expand it to more of an 18 bracket or something like that because just gives the people more to watch and it's more exciting because every year there's probably one or two teams that always gets left out. And then you might see a team like Notre Dame get like the fourth seed and then they might get blown out by like 30. When if you have eight teams and Notre Dame loses like that, you still have another team who might you know have like a Cinderella, Cinderella story like there is in basketball or a nice run deep in the playoffs. So I think all in all, I think they should probably just expand it to about eight teams and just you know see how it plays out. I'd say um, expansion is going to be a good thing for um, all conferences. Like, you'll get more competition, and then football and basketball are to bring in the majority of the funding for like the colleges and their sports. So, I think playing more games, there's always the risk of injury, but it will bring in a lot more money for the schools, which they can put right into their program. But really, in a competition-like sort of sense, um, if you expand like football. There's going to be, like what Jalen said, a lot more competition and not as many um, blowouts like early in the playoffs. So it'll just be, um, I'd say, just a lot better for the sports and better for the schools. And it'll just really have an impact. Just, you know, playing more games just brings in a lot more money, and then especially football and basketball. Um, but really it's going to be better for the players, even though they're playing more games. Yeah, I mean, I think, Jalen, you brought up a great point in the Cinderella story because, you know, you had a team like St. Peter's in the uh, NCAA tournament um, in basketball. They made, a, obviously, a great run to the Elite Eight. And in football, I just don't think that really happens all that often. Um, I mean, you know, sometimes you get a team that gets in the top ten, but then they don't end up making the playoff. And, I mean, these days, I really just think it's always really between three teams, and it's Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia, um, just kind of, uh, a hierarchy in terms of, of football, um, so I think definitely uh, playoff expansion would be be a good thing. Just just so those teams uh, see a little bit more of a challenge, um, and then just kind of going off of that, um, I think we can maybe make the transition now to your guys's uh, high school careers. Um, so obviously, Eric, you you know you're known as Eric Slam. Um, and you, you know, student student leader, um, and just uh, <laughs> going off of that, how how much of a factor is a student section in games? Um, for me as a baseball player, like when we would have people at our games, you know, it really fire us up a little more. Um, but um, being on the other side of that, going to almost literally every uh, every football game, every basketball game, um, there's a lot of moving pieces in um, football and basketball where they're moving quicker, which makes it easier for people to watch. So, I mean, getting into it as the students, it really, I'd say, helps the players get them moving. And it really, um, you know, there's a culture in the student section, at least from what I saw, which becomes a really enjoyable experience for us, and it really helps them a lot, the people on the field or on the court. And it was just... For me, it was, like, a really enjoyable time for me, um, being able to really set the tone in the stands, which really, I guess, helped the guys on the field and on the court. Um, and just being the lead of that just really, you know, brought me closer to a lot of guys um, on the football team, on the basketball team. And I would get direct feedback. I'd be like, you know, when we're in a spot where we're down, we need people in the student section 
to get us fired up. So being the lead of that, I guess, put me in a spot where at times it felt like I was the 12th man on the field or the 6th man on the court. So it really seems a vital role for these players. What about you, Jalen? Uh, for me, I'll start, I guess, with being, I guess, like the athlete and then talking about the student section. Um, so, you know, football, playing at a 4 o'clock game, you know, there was never, besides, Alex, I started the Goochland game at first. Like, that first game we played against Goochland was our first football game in two years. And it's like the atmosphere and it's the crowd there kind of, you know, just sparked the energy we needed to um, just go out there and dominate. Like, the players, obviously, we know we did our assignments, did everything, but, you know, you make a big play, you get a touchdown, and you hear the, the fans, the crowd just cheer, chant, you know, kind of just makes everyone, you know, makes the whole moment just come all together in full circle kind of just like you kind of cherish those moments like that because we didn't have that, you know, last year. But on the, on like for basketball, um, just being out there, you know, we had a tendency this year, to, you know, to kind of like first half, you know, keep it kind of even, kind of, you know, keep it close and then, in the second half, we always found a switch, and we just flipped that. And I think this the student section just, you know, always having our back, whether we were down by five, up by ten, they were just cheering, constantly just yelling, you know, helping us, just sparking a rally or, you know, just a little run that would help us ultimately win the game. But I think the biggest probably joy that majority of the players would get out of that would be probably, you know, as soon as that buzzer goes off and, you know, you win, you can go celebrate with, with your classmates and people in the student section, and that would just – kind of just a fun moment for I know for myself but on the flip side I'll talk about um just being in the student section I wasn't able to be in the student section that much because I played three sports but going to the student section for like a soccer game or a lacrosse game just being in that kind of brought me together and closer with you know some people who I wouldn't normally talk to you know just because we're all cheering for, for you know for the one team and had the same goal of wanting that team to win so I think just having a student section is vital for you know any program or any sport because it just brings the community together and just, you know, just makes everything just, people just forget about, you know, what's going on outside of that and just have fun for a little bit. Yeah, I think this past year, especially, like, I mean, these were probably some of the best student sections Collegiate's probably ever had. Um, and, I mean, it, it, it changed the school completely. The school culture was much better off um, and people were always excited about going to sporting events. But, you know, we talked about the Gushin game. That game was obviously at night. Um, which allowed a lot of students to come. And obviously at Collegiate, we don't have uh, fields that are under the lights. So, you know, I think and now that Andrew Stanley's the new athletic director, I mean, he, I guess there's he, there might not be much he can do in terms of that, but I think for him it's super important that he tries to make a push for that because I don't, I, I don't think people understand how much of a difference it would make. Because, um, you know, I mean, if you talk about um, like the, so the Gushland football game I mean, the student section was just absolutely insane so many people came and then the, the soccer games and then obviously the basketball games were at night um, and the student sections for those were always always packed so I think having the games at night um, would make a huge difference and allow a lot more people to come um, create a little bit more excitement because um, the night games were always a lot of fun um, and then you know Eric your successor Tuck Slam um, well, first off, what led you to that decision? And then going off of that, what are some of the things that he wants to do, that he needs to do or some of the things that, he, that you want him to do um, in order for him to have the same success that you did this past year or over the last couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll start on how I came to choosing Tucker for it. Um, 
I was really looking for a guy who um, doesn't play a sport in the fall for collegiate, or at least waivers. So, you know, he can be there during football games and any other sports that go on. Like, for me, I was a one-sport athlete at collegiate. I would waiver my fall baseball and play baseball in the spring, which allowed me to have a lot of free time during the um, fall and winter because I'd be going on my own schedule. So that's, like, a big part of it, um, not having too much of a commitment during the fall to the point where you can be at every single football game in the area. Um, and Tucker, he's a he's an interesting personality, which is something I, I saw myself as. So I feel like he'll do a good job carrying that over. But when it comes to being in the stands and leading a big group of people, that's where he's going to have to make a big step. Because um, it really brings you out of a comfort zone to just be able to start yelling chants in front of a bunch of kids you don't even know and just see if they follow because being in that role you're going to have people start to like gain respect for you and then after I'd say like one or two games everyone starts to like get the gist of things so then it really becomes like as a student section you're just one group just you know supporting anyone who's on the field so on the other side of it, on the media side, um, I think Tucker, I think he's done some stuff with his Bonaire team, like running some of their social media. So I, I noticed that. People were telling me about that. So, I mean, I don't think he'll have any trouble when it comes to, like, posting about games. And I actually played golf with him yesterday and gave him kind of a rundown on how I did things and told him that, you know, it's really nothing you got to worry about. Because um, I told him if he needs me to just – teach him things like I can I'll be there for him because that's something I want to like keep in the culture at collegiate even though I'll be gone yeah build that build a legacy mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, so obviously these days social media plays a big part in our culture um, and I'm just curious what you think about it, like say social media didn't exist. Like, do you think you would have been as active in being a student leader? Because you would have had to go up, go through a lot more effort um, to sort of advertise the student section. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, without social media, would you have been as active? I mean, social media plays a big role for what I did. Um, if it wasn't for Instagram, I'd say um, bringing people out to games would just go through emails to the whole school. But part of the thing that made Eric Slam special to me and other people is I got really creative with it as in like you know going through doing like a day in the life with J.B. Bell like (laughs) um the walking around with Ann God series um so it really Instagram really helped me get creative with things but made it bigger than just sports for me just really you know I'd say for Andy it really just gave him somewhere to I guess show off like what he uh, what he can do, and you know me and him had a really good time with that. Um, but I'd say Instagram has made it a really easy to put a post out there. The majority of students at Collegiate have Instagram accounts, so they would see it. I'd say before the Goochland game, Eric Slam probably had about like 130 followers, and now it's north of 500, I believe. So. Throughout the year, it really grew that community and made things simple. But when it came down to it, like those bigger games, I'd say, like 
the Goochland game for football, like the St. Chris basketball games, like the emails sent out to the school really, I would say, separated a normal game that for separated a normal game versus like a bigger game for a rivalry. So the emails I'd say just brought more people. But I'd say Instagram just made everything a lot more simple and it allows the players to like repost things on their story so it, stuff goes around really quick when it gets on social media. So it really just spreads the word and brings I'd say a lot of people out to support. Yeah, um, I mean yeah, I mean your your account certainly I mean, it changed, changed the school in many, many ways. Um, and, I mean, as an athlete, especially for the, on the soccer team, I mean, forever grateful for, for, that, for that student section. Oh, yeah. Never, never, never going to forget that. Um, and then, I mean, another uh, shifting of gears here, you know, college. Um, so, what, when, well, first off, when do you guys move in? One of y'all said August 17th. Yeah, I'm the 17th of August. Okay. I'm August 19th. Yeah, so I'm August 17th also. So, like, you know, I mean, we've got less than a month. Um, I mean, what do you guys – What do you, I mean, you guys are athletes, so obviously, you know, you're going to be lifting, conditioning, that sort of thing. But besides that, you know, what else are you guys going to do just to kind of get yourself ready? Um, is there anything in particular, like, that you're going to do? Yeah, I mean, I'd say um, being an athlete at a, even D3 is going to keep me busy. Like, we're six days on a week between practice, scrimmages, and the weight room starting, like, mid-September. So between that and class, I'm already going to be very busy. Um, versus, like, Mary Washington, especially, they don't have a football team. So it's going to be hard to, like, go, like, watch games, even though I'm going to have limited time for other sports. But, um... I've actually talked with a few of the uh, incoming freshman class for the baseball kids. And there's a lot of guys um, who, who've seen what I've done with Eric Slam, and they're like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. So actually, Trev, you might like this. Um, one, of my, one of my boys, his name's Nate. He went to Highland School. He uh, has recording equipment. He's thinking about starting a podcast. So oh, that's something. Serious? Yeah, that's something I've thought about. Oh, that's awesome. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – Outside of being a student-athlete, I always feel like there's something else I can do, so I'm very open-minded when it comes to that. Uh, for me, uh, I guess, you know, once I get there, I'll you know, start, you know, conditioning and things, but, you know, obviously the season won't kick off and ramp up until early November, so from then, from now until then, you know, I'll just be getting ready as far as, you know, just right now I'm, you know, just meeting, you know, the incoming freshman class, really, trying to connect with some of them, but once I get there, I'm just, you know, looking to go to some sporting events, you know, maybe join some clubs. Because I know in the off-season, outside of the basketball season, um, I'll have a lot of free time because once basketball is over, um, it's going to be, you know, the spring. And I'll have a lot of time from then until we until I go on a summer break. So I'm thinking about just, you know, just joining a club or even like Eric said, I might do something as far as, you know, like talking like a podcasting or something like that. Because, I mean, my major is sports communications. So I've always been interested in, you know, just talking about sports and things. So... Um, someone I met there at orientation also has a similar interest, so we're also thinking about you know just starting like a sports podcast where you talk about sports weekly or even daily, depending on you know how successful it is. But yeah, outside of the sports season, and I you know just look to you know just hang out with my friends, meet new people, and then you know maybe even start a little sports podcasting. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just like getting the most out of the time that I have um, is what I'm honestly most nervous about because um, I feel like at collegiate. 
I was, like I'd go months without like doing anything new. I would just go through the same routine every day, and never, never change it. Um, and you know, in college, I don't I don't want that to happen. I want to you know make the most of my time. And um, I think I'd, clubs is probably a pretty good way just to like kind of get things going. Um, but besides that, um, what are you guys most nervous about? Besides making friends or like some of the more obvious things, like is there anything else that you know might not be super obvious that you're nervous about? Um, for me, I mean, I've switched schools a ton. Like I went public school until sixth grade. I went to a new middle school for two years and then I went to collegiate so I mean making friends and talking to a lot of people has it's not really going to be new to me but I'd say there's nothing really I'm nervous about um at the moment um I feel like time management for me has always been an issue um so I'm gonna have to do a better job with that but I've already met a lot of the guys especially on the baseball team at Mary Washington and it Seems like a great group of guys, so I mean, I think I'll fit in great, um, make a lot of new friends that, you know, I'm going to be spending a lot of time with over the course of the next, like, few years I'm at Mary Washington, um, but I'd say managing baseball, because for collegiate, we didn't start until about late February, when we start six days a week in September, you know, that's going to keep me busy, so I'm going to have to manage class on top of the uh, hefty baseball schedule over the whole course of the year so I'd say me being an athlete already brought me close to a lot of guys so I'd say it's just the whole mix of just being busy it's going to be a kind of an issue of transition for me oh yeah for me um I've never really had uh, found had an issue really of meeting new people or being able to engage with you know different people and different personalities uh, but so far, I've already been able to connect with the majority of, like, the football team and the basketball team. So, friends should be, you know, that should be fine. Um, I guess I'll be three and a half hours away from home. And I've, I've never been the person to really be, like, you know, like, homesick or, you know, like, been, like, fearful of being away from home. So, I think I'll be fine um, away from home. But I think for me, I guess one of the biggest things is probably just, like, the finding a, a routine because, you know, like, in high school – you know, wake up at the same time, go to school at the same time. And then even though I played three different sports, their practice schedules were pretty similar and the game times were pretty similar. So that was pretty easy for me. So I already had a schedule ready for that. And then the summer, so summer I started doing a schedule, you know, for me to help me prepare for that, you know, as far as, you know, like waking up, you know, doing certain things, kind of like planning it out. So for me, it's just scheduling things, you know, going time. And I think one thing I'm going to start doing is, you know, maybe like writing down like what I'm going to do for the day. Um, when I'm not in class because I think that's going to help me just get more stuff done because obviously there, you know, I won't be able to have the luxury of just being able to, you know, just go home or just go out to somewhere I'm used to going like every day. So trying new things and just staying on topic of everything is probably the biggest thing for me. So just probably planning and finding my routine for college. Yeah, uh, that's a super good point. Um, And then, you know, obviously we won't know how well collegiate prepared us for college, but you know, like, right now, do you guys feel pretty prepared? Like, do you think collegiate has, you know, um, obviously collegiate, it's, I mean, it's a college preparatory school. So, you know, how, how well do you think it's prepared us? I'd say there's just a lot of unknown. Um, on the academic side, collegiate being a uh, harder school in general will help, um, especially bringing in some, like, different, like, study habits to just stay on top of your classes. But I feel like there's a lot of unknown when it comes to that with any school. Because 
there's just a big transition. I mean, like what Jalen was saying, you don't go to the same place at the same time every day and have the same schedule. Like, you're not getting out of practice at 6 every day. Um, so I think there's going to be trouble for a lot of people making that transition, but I feel like the academic transition won't be too hard. And I've heard that from a lot of the uh, collegiate like alumni over the past few years. It's like I haven't had any trouble with classes just because collegiate really prepared me as a student and gave me a lot of different like study tools and habits that really carry over into college. But I'd just say like the transition itself is going to be the hardest part for most people. Uh, yeah, piggybacking off that, I'd say the ac- academic side should be, um, I won't say like smooth, but I think, you know, shouldn't be as tough or rough as, you know, as the outside world. Because, you know, when you're at collegiate, you know, you kind of, because, our, you know, it's a private school as opposed to like a public school. You know, at a public school, you might have like 500 kids in your grade. At collegiate, you know, you have anywhere between, you know, like 120 and maybe like 140. So you kind of get to know everybody over the years and you, you get to see most of them basically every single day. So I think... For me, I think that's that's not like a big issue or big problem or anything I'm worried about. But I think you know that might be you know like a general you know concern for some people is you know going out reaching out to new people because at collegiate you you know it's kind of like a bubble where like most people live near the school or they hang out with each other at school or outside of school they hang out with the same kids. But at college, you know you have to interact with different people you know and move around and kind of differently because you know you can't just drive to your friend's house five minutes away and hang out for the night. You know you get you have class in the morning or you know, you can't just go up to the, you know, the same store you go to every day, you know, to buy something, you know, so stuff yeah. like, just little stuff like that, you know, but I think as far as the academic side, you know, they taught us little nuances and little tricks and things and just, like Eric said, study habits and, you know, being prepared and time management, so I think as far as this academic side, everything should be, you know, that's, that, I think that's how it will take care of itself, but, you know, outside of that, you know, it's going to be a big adjustment for everybody. Yeah, for, I mean, for sure. Um, I think um, just definitely putting ourselves out there um and just you know like you're right collegiate is most certainly a, a bubble school like there's lots of um i don't know if, i guess click it maybe is a good word to use i don't know but it's pretty uh the, the the stereotype is pretty true most of the time um and so like you know just getting getting outside of our comfort zone like i mean that's such a cliche but like it's so true um and then um Kind of going back, we were talking earlier about high school athletics, and then, you know, you brought up private school um, and, like, public school, like, the sizes of the classes, but in terms of athletics, you know, like, you have, um, like, LJ is now going to Verina, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's, you know, what, like, what do you think? <laughs> Keep going. Should, uh, well... No, so you can ask it, you can ask <laughs> You sure? <laughs> okay. Keep going with the question. All right. So, like, you know, with him transferring... To Verona, I don't know anything about that, but is you know, I mean, what are your thoughts about that? Um, you know, um, I'd say you know, he's probably one of the first people you know to make that move. This, I guess, I'd say late in the um, academic, year, I guess, you know, school year kind of for him process. I'd say, um, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be a big loss, I guess, for the you know for the football team and you know maybe for his grade and things. But um, for him, I guess it was you know. He thought it was the best choice for him to make to attend a different school for, you know, whether it's for football, friends, whatever, you know, opportunity for college or whatever. Um, obviously, not a choice that a lot of kids make leaving collegiate, like, on their own, I'd say. Um, but for him, you know, I wish him the best. You know, we'll see what he does at Verona. But he, I guess, you know, 
don't know. Just <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he, he made the choice. He made that choice, and he thinks it's the right choice. So we'll see how it turns out. But you know, he's yeah. a good player. Though. So. Adding on to that, I'd say um, most of like the transfers happen from pri- I mean public school into private school. Like you'll see the majority of the private schools like recruit, not as like collegiate doesn't really. Hence, like free tuition that chant. Um, <laughs> but um, I'd say a lot of guys transfer from public to private, so going private to public, I mean, I'd say as an athlete, it really comes down to what you think is best for you and best for your recruitment, so if that's what he thinks is best for him, I think it'll be a good move. Yeah, uh, I'm not super knowledgeable about that stuff, but I think you guys made some nice comments um, in terms of, like, I think I do think it is interesting moving from private to public, whereas a lot of people do move from public to private. Um... So, I mean, do you guys have any last thoughts? We've been going here for, I think, 40-plus minutes. Um, is there anything else that you guys want to add? <laughs> no. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, of good talking to you guys. Appreciate all your input and perspective and all that. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Thank you, sir.